Hey, this is Alex with Bass and Brews. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So easy, Paul can do it. What is up, you wonderful folks? I'm Alex with Swamp Rat Fishing. I've got my co-hostess with the mostess, Paul Heels, a.k.a. Paul Roberts, a.k.a. I don't know what else we could do, brother. How are you today? I, as always, I'm wonderfully wonderful, except I ain't that wonderful, because as we talked before, I, I had a bout with the, the gout, and so far, that it's winning. <laughs> Well, again, folks, uh, we said this before we got on. This is what happens when you eat largemouth bass. But me and Paul, we are the Bass and Bruce podcast. We are your weekly distraction from high-quality bass fishing podcasts. We're here to let everybody know that uh, anybody can do this if we can do this. So tonight, we've got an awesome guest. We've got Bailey from uh, Serious Anglers, uh, an, an excellent, excellent podcast these guys are like legends, uh, just putting out tons of content. It's amazing. Paul told me he's got a fun fact that just came in. They broke the world record. Uh, they put out 1,072 14-hour podcasts in one week, which is really amazing. So uh, I'm really happy they could fit some time in to uh, to come for, for Bailey to come meet us. So, But, you know, we start every episode with doing a beer crack. Uh, Paul, are you ready? I have my I have my taste of oh, water. You know what? Just because you said that, let's bring Bailey and Bailey. How are you, man? Good, dude. I guess I got a sub in for Paul here. With the, exactly. With All right. So tonight I'm drinking uh, in honor of uh, we got Bailey on here. I don't know if he knows this or not. Uh, and for the listeners, this is going to be uh, after this episode. I go on a hiatus for three weeks, four weeks. Oh, uh, but- me too. Uh, yeah, well, we'll see, Paul. We'll see. It all depends. Uh, as, as a lot of you guys know, I leave for the West Coast uh, October 1st, so I got to have some time to settle in there. Uh, but I will be back. Paul's got some great uh, kind of co-hosts filling in. So uh, he's got the reins to the ship after this episode. If this thing all goes down in flames, it's his fault, not mine. Just make sure we're clear on that. But uh, in honor of that, I've got some Lagunitas Little Something uh Lagunitas is out of Petaluma, California, which is just close to the Bay Area where I'm going to be heading to. Bailey, what do you got, buddy? Well, I did not research my beer like it seems you have, but I have a, <laughs> a, a Voodoo Ranger here. So yeah, that's a favorite of the show. Absolutely. Yeah. I've been uh, trying to dabble a little bit in the past few months here with some different beers, especially local beers, too. Uh, but no, I just went down. I uh, realized today I went into the fridge this afternoon. I know you guys wanted to 
had a few brews on tonight. So I was like, oh, damn, the fridge is empty. So I had to take a run down. I was like, well, it looks interesting. They're like, this is kind of cool. A little, little dude down there with skull and hands. Kind of you, you know what's great about First all one. the Voodoo Ranger beers is I call those dad beers because they're usually dad like beers. above 7%. So you don't need very many to set you right for the night. <laughs> all right, man, you ready? I am ready, man. Hit me. Three, two, one. Beautiful. <laughs> all right, if you guys don't know, Bailey is uh, one of the uh, one of the hosts of Serious Anglers. Uh, I found out about your podcast. You did a roundtable with a friend of the show, uh, Bobby Roast Beef, uh, who's one of the hosts for Jigs and Big. That was kind of like my first entryway into your podcast. Um, which I know you guys have been doing it for a long time, so I'm not super on the early portion of it. But uh, from that, I've been almost a weekly listener. Like, uh, you guys kill it. You guys put out great content. Um, very educational. You kind of put it all together, which I really enjoy. And I know Paul's a big fan too. Heck yeah. It's a, it, it's kind of a cool mix, you know, uh, especially things that have kind of changed up recently. Not really changed, but more we brought in additions. Um, you know, it, it's been two years going now, almost literally Oh wow! to the, to the day. Um, it, it was something I started uh, two years ago when I did an internship uh, at the University of Notre Dame at the, the, the uh, athletic department uh, back when I thought I wanted to work in sports and that changed after the internship. Uh, yeah. Basically, had uh, I knew I wasn't going to have any time to fish. So I was like, man, like, what the heck can I even do? And uh, for those who don't know, northern Indiana is absolutely brutal for trying to find a place to go bass fishing. So uh, I said, well, hey, I, I like talking fishing, and um, I like to think that I'm somewhat media savvy. So I started a little podcast deal, and it kind of just grew from there and got to uh, make a lot of good friends, some really great connections, some current best friends that I would have never met if I didn't start it. And now we brought on a whole new segment, and we're, we're growing quick, and it's it's a lot of fun, and it's cool to see the podcast, the fishing podcast niche of this industry grow. You, know, you see new ones popping up here and there, and it, it's cool to see guys have that passion that uh, that I had when I started it, and to see people grow. And uh, obviously, it's cool now here, and especially you know, big thanks to uh, SeriousAnglersOnly.com for the advertising. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Paul started that website, <laughs> but no, no, it's cool. I know uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm looking forward to chat with you boys. So, uh, so you started the podcast two years ago, but what's your kind of history when it comes to bass fishing? Like, when did you start getting into it? So, uh, my first bass I ever caught, I actually don't even remember because I was so dang young. Uh, but basically, the story my dad likes to tell people is that basically I had hooked into the bass and saw it and thought it was too big and started crying and gave him the rod. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, apparently, apparently, ever since then, all I've wanted to do is fish. Uh, but like when I was in fifth or sixth grade in middle school, like my, my dad had always had like a little bay liner, we could go tubing, whatever, but we always make an effort, you know, every other Saturday or so my dad would get me up at 5am. We'd go bass fish for the morning, go pick up mom and brother and go tubing for the day type of deal. But, uh, uh, around middle school, my dad had bought me my kayak, uh, kind of a way for me to, you know, he bought one for himself too, so that him and I could go out and actually just bass fish, just the two of us get away for a day. Uh, and that kind of grew. And when I kept pestering him, he worked from home and my dad was, he's a grinder. He started working three jobs because 
Uh, my parents had me young, so my dad was always, uh, I got my work ethic from him. Um, and basically I bothered him so dang much and he got so annoyed that uh, basically ended up getting me a better fishing kayak. So that would kind of like appease my patience to go fishing. But by the time I was 16, I was stealing his truck every other day just to go take the kayak down the lake and go fishing. Um, but it really grew from there. I made a lot of friends, um, especially guys that had boats that were able to come pick me up, steal me away. So I don't have to you know, bother my dad every single day to go fishing. And uh, basically just it, with every time I was on the water, it grew. And, um, and really, you know, I kind of get this question a lot, um, especially, you know, like, uh, the biggest one that asked me was my, my boss as of right now. Um, it was basically was like, Hey, do you ever want to go pro? And my, always my answer to everyone that's, and it's just, it's been the same ever since, uh, when I was asked this probably in high school, it was no, like, I don't ever want to go pro. Literally. I just do this because I love the sport of bass fishing mm-hmm. and I love learning. I hated school, but I love learning, especially when it has to do with something with the outdoors. When it comes to deer hunting, bass fishing, like I'm all in. Uh, and that's basically where it's come to. And I'm, I'm still in the kayak right now. Uh, I'm running a Hobie. Obviously, I'd like to get in the boat one day. But uh, <laughs> yeah. hey, does your watch. Hobie? Not to interrupt. Does your one? Does your Hobie squeak uncontrollably like Paul's does? And are your feet painted like your toenails painted? Because from the picture and the video that I saw, if you guys haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. It's on TikTok. <laughs> it's on Instagram. I put it on all the platforms. Of toes or of of Paul's beautiful toes, uh, squeaking along in his crappy Hobie. So, uh, so hold up before you answer that, Bailey. Yeah, you gotta I, defend I, yourself. I can't Paul. believe we got to go through this shit again. I did some maintenance on on my my pedal drive, and I ain't quite tighten up my cables as well as they should have been, and so it was cold. I don't know whatever damn morning it was two or three weeks ago, and. And it sounded like the bed in Forrest Gump when his mama was getting him to school. <clears throat> Listen, the only reason I bring it up is, uh, and if you guys don't know, uh, listeners, uh, me and Paul but it's are both now. It don't squeak no more. We're it's both fixed. proud members of uh, Hookset Hoodlums. Uh, you guys can check them out at hooksethoodlums.com. Uh, we both have uh, promo codes. You can find them on our Instagram page. But uh, Hookset Hoodlums member OG Scuba Steve just posted. He just found the YouTube short <laughs> of your squeaking ass going squeak, 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 yeah. squeak, squeak. So Bailey, you don't have to answer that because I know it doesn't. Now, I mean, look, here's the problem, man. These guys, they, they ain't been in a Hobie. They don't understand how wonderful it is. <laughs> no, no, because I'm in a kayak that I don't need to do maintenance. But but you do need to do maintenance if you used it as much as like I use mine and I pedal four and a half miles an hour. Listen, I can do the same thing. We're not going to get into this argument here. This is going to be a side one. We have mixed company. It's not just mom and dad fighting. We've got family over here. We can't just. Uh, but we all know that Old Town is the better kayak. But yeah. so, uh, Bailey, where did you where did you grow up? What state? What what area were you in when you're doing this fishing? Uh, so I grew up, uh, you know, for, you know, no one's going to know the town name, but for one that people might know is uh, it's Rochester, New York. Uh, it's central New York, right in the heart of the Finger Lakes. You know, I think a lot of people know what Oneida and Cayuga, you know, Lake Ontario. Uh, I was very fortunate where I grew up. Um, I literally had all of the entirety of the Finger Lakes within 30 to 45 minutes. So I could run away and, you know, I had, I had a lake that was five minutes from me. That was a big tournament lake in the state and, you know, 
to go to one of my favorite lakes in the world called Cayuga Lake. It's literally only a 40 minute drive to the North end. Um, you know, where I'm at now, I live in Buffalo. My fiance and I just got an apartment last month. I'm literally 10 minutes from one of my most favorite smallmouth fisheries on the entire planet, Lake Erie out of Buffalo. My best friend is a full-time smallmouth guide out here. We're 10 minutes from the ramp, so I really can't ask for more. So y'all have been absolutely wearing their asses out. It's it's a very, uh, let's say we're, we're very blessed to live in North Country where we're at. And the best part about it is St. Lawrence gets all the hype from all the Southerners. So like we get to just reap the rewards of the Finger Lakes and uh, Erie and Ontario. So it's, it, it's pretty nice. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's one of those deals where it's like, you can tell somebody how good it is, but they really can't know how good it is until they experience it. Like it's the fall and it's, it's just, just starting to ramp up here in Buffalo. And it's, it's about to get absolutely stupid. Like you're talking, I, don't, I mean, common, 25 pounds is a is a below average day in the fall on Lake Erie. Shit. You're talking hundred feet. Oh yeah, all smallmouth. Um, and I mean what's kind of cool too is like while you're going for these smallmouth, you'll catch 10, 11 inch perch, walleye. So you're stocking the freezer while you're going out and having yourself a day. <laughs> Are you saying that you don't eat bass? That's uh I'm I'm glad to hear that. Um uh, apparently Paul does, so I don't know if Paul and I could be friends. So oh, I, 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 I grew up. I grew up in South Carolina. Like we got, we got four fish. We got, we got, well, five. We got carp, brim, bass, catfish, and some crappy. Like we did. That's that's all we got to eat. And I grew up on all these little farm ponds, and there ain't nobody fish them, so you had to damn eat the fish out of them because wasn't nobody else doing it. Listen, what, as I you covered in the beginning, Paul. Seven pounders, I and mean, we eat little 12 inches and stuff. Listen, as you said in the beginning, you've got a case of the gout. I've never eaten bass. I've never gotten gout. <laughs> yeah. Just doing the math. Hard. Bailey, how about you? You ever had gout? No. I think the had- equation adds up. Boom. There it is. So listen, folks, uh, this is certified by Serious <laughs> Anglers. Uh, also, you know what? By Hookset Hoodlums. Uh, eat bass, get gout. That'll be the new shirt. It'll come out this winter. Yeah, but you obviously can grow a good beard if you eat bass because both of y'all's kind of suck. <laughs> no, no, my beard is glorious. My beard gets glorious. I just have to shave because I'm in the military. So, so just so you wait Bailey, 12 months, 12 months, uh-huh. brother. And so, Bailey, you've been in the kayak game then a long time, it sounds like. what? When did you get your first kayak? Uh, so my first kayak, like just, you know, in general um, – was probably when I was 13. Uh, that was like basically like your, your Walmart Pelican sit-in type of deal. Like the one you could pick up with one arm and take the leg, have one rod type of deal. Um, and then I ended up upgrading to, well, I shouldn't say I upgraded. My father uh, thankfully upgraded for me um, to a Field & Stream Shadowcaster. And for those who don't know what that is, it's basically a barge. Uh, you'd be lucky to go over three miles per hour on the thing, but you were never going to tip over because it's probably the most stable thing I've ever been in. Um, but uh, after that, I, um, for me, you know, being, I would go from fishing in my kayak on my, on my alone time to, you know, a buddy inviting me out on his bass boat and being able to see that maneuverability. I mean, the first time I was in a bass boat, it literally changed my life. 
seeing how you could run so many more areas, I was just like, damn, this sucks being in the paddle kayak right now. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Uh, so from there, I moved on to a Wilderness Radar 135 where I had a pedal drive, uh, got it from a good buddy uh, who really helped me out because he knew that this would help me take my game to the next level and uh, went in that for probably two years. And then, uh, which was actually almost in recent, uh, it was about a year and a half ago that I left that Wildy. Um, I was in the field and stream Shadowcaster for a few years, uh, left the Wildy and um a good friend of mine now, Ryan Kennedy, who actually owns Morgan Marine uh, up here in New York on Cuca Lake, uh, basically reached out and said, hey, dude, I want to get you on the Hobie fishing team. How do you feel about running a Hobie next year? And ever since then, I've been in a Hobie for a year and a half now, and I have zero complaints whatsoever. Uh, right. There's a reason why they call it the caddy of fishing kayaks. Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, but going back to, to your point, Alex, there are so many dang good kayaks out there. Like, yeah, obviously, true. Hobie – for me, it's perfect because it fits my style of fishing. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so cool about the kayak industry now is, like, there are brands to fit your niche. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're talking offline here. One of my really good friends, Drew Gregory, we talk every day. And almost, like, every conversation, Drew brings up something about his Crescent kayak. and But, it, but it's cool, though, because that's his niche, right? I mean, Crescent mm-hmm. doesn't make a pedal drive. They don't make I – mean, you probably slap a motor on it. But, like, they're designed for the angler that's going to go and, like, the backwaters, right? Whereas yep. Hobie's like for your straight up tournament angler, your fishy guy, having your accessories. You know, Old Town is one for guys that don't like to get exercise and just use a motor and go on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that would be Lone Star uh, kayak fishing. So shout out to Lone Star. You should work out more, bud. <laughs> no, no, but you're absolutely right. I, I think it's amazing the the, the fun I give. Uh, uh, Paul, I mean, it's all in fun. Like, I think it's awesome. You're absolutely right that there is literally now like a boat on the market for anybody. And what I really like is now they're getting down to the budget to where, uh, shoot, what's his name? Fields. His last name is Fields, but I think he's with Justin? Lightning Kayaks. Yeah, I Justin. think so. Justin Fields, right? He does field trips, uh, YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand that. So he's got the Lightning Kayak, which, I mean, it's not an amazing kayak, but it's a pedal kayak at like $1,200. Yeah, I mean, it's got the Hobie drive. It's, it's, I mean, it's got everything you need to get started without having a paddle because I feel like sometimes people think that's a barrier a little bit, but yeah, it's, it's really cool. I mean, when you, there's a bunch of brands out there, and I'm sure there's ones I don't even know about to be quite frank with you. Um, but like when you look at the big brands, right? I mean, you got, yeah, Hobie, you got Old Town, you got New Canoe, uh, you could throw Native in there. And, you know, with, with Drew at the forefront, you'll see Crescent up there too. too. Mm-hmm. Um, but all each of them have their own niche. You know, it, it's actually pretty cool to kind of see where each of them kind of fit in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, it, all of them kind of kind of direct themselves at the same population or niche of anglers, but really kind of go after a certain angler style of fishing. You know, what molds to the way they like to fish. Where you know, if they're a creek fisherman, river, lake, like it's it's all really up to what the angler wants to do and that company's just kind of molding their style, which is pretty cool to see. Here's one I'll throw at both of you. Um, before I got the old town, um, I was, so I was really looking at the vibe Shearwater. Remember when that thing was coming out, like right before the pandemic and everything. And then mm-hmm. they had horrid delays and initially I wanted the old town. And then I was like, I don't know, the Shearwater looks kind of nice. And I mean, I'm happy in the old town, but I've noticed I never see anybody talk about 
or like not a lot of people fish out of a pedal sheer water anymore. Have you guys seen anybody or? I know uh, a buddy of mine, Jake Suvac, is probably the only one I really know that does and does predominantly. Gotcha. Yeah, it, it's weird. Like I know a couple guys who do uh, snakehead fishing up here in Jersey, and they fish out of uh, the sheer water, but the the paddle version only, just because it's got a um, it's got that it's got that deck where you can fold the whole seat down and stand on top. So they'll mm-hmm. use it for that. But they didn't want the pedal dry. But it, it was just real. I, I feel like that boat had so much hype, and then I just never heard of it again. It was really weird. Yeah, I mean. I don't know much about it, so I really can't speak on it and speak truthfully. But right. uh, I just know in general, it is so dang hard for. I mean, this goes for a lot of you know branches of the industry right now. Like anyone trying to start a company, it's hard to, you know, speaking specifically to kayak industry, right? Mm-hmm. It, for for vibe, it is so dang hard to go after the pedal drive market now, especially when you have the monsters of Hobie and Native leading the way for that. You mean Old Town? <laughs> yes, I will say that. Those no, no, four, I'm no, yeah. no, no, quite because you know you have a good point, um, and maybe it's just my mind being so <laughs> you know, tunnel driven, right? Uh, but the sportsman's a great example of a paddle yeah. drive, and when that's becoming more popular, uh, especially when you look at like German anglers who are trying to fish like the Hobie series that doesn't allow a motor, so you can't use the autopilot. Yep. Um, you see those kayaks; it's it is hard to go and compete against something like that, or not really compete, but try to create something, right? I agree. And try to gain, you know, gain some publicity. It's it's tough because I mean, you're going against the best in the business, and especially as a new company, that's that's a tall task. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. So, so what made you? I mean, you pushed into the Hobie because it's the Cadillac, right? Yeah, I mean, pretty much it's just got everything that kind of fits the way I fish and. Uh, for me, my brain, uh, you can ask you know, Adam and Andrew, my co-host, the guys, my partners in this thing behind Serious Angler. Uh, I am OCD as hell, maybe too much. Uh, and I tell, I remind them all the time, like, just tell me to shut up if I'm being too, like, over-organized, like, it's okay. Because, uh, like, there's times where I'll wake up and I'll be, like, so, like, motivated to, like, do something or have this creative idea. I'm like, all right, let's get this emotion. Let's do this, this, this. And, like, it's, like, 530 in the morning. And they're just like, dude, <laughs> like, just tell them. Like, I give reminders every now and then of like, you can just tell me shut. But based back to your point, sorry, I, and I'm going on the serious angler deal here where we do tangents all the freaking time. That's I feel um, like that's. Well, I mean, we do that too. I think that's most shows. Like, we're not. I mean, just so you know, it's called bass and brews. There's uh, there's not a lot of structure to this. <laughs> <laughs> I like that though. I like that. Yeah. But, we have but, a beginning and then we have some ending questions and everything in between. <laughs> there's no telling where the ship might go. Absolutely. That's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. Uh, but to answer your question, finally, yeah, um, it, it, it fits the mold for how I fish um, in terms of I cover a lot of ground on certain days and there's certain days where I want to be stay put or I want to be efficient in a certain area without, within I'm fishing. Uh, and it's nice within that, you know, that the pro angler 12 that I'm in right now, one, you can cover ground and cover ground quick, you know, going just basic leisure. I can hit three and a half to almost four, uh, if I'm putting pedals to the metal. Um, but in the fact that I can organize and bring a lot of gear, you know, they, they say that the PA 12 is rated for like, I don't know, I think it said six to eight, don't quote me, but it's like six to eight rods in the horizontal rod storage. Mm-hmm. Well, for I went down and I qualified for the 
Bass Kayak Championship down in Texas, I fit 18 rods in those horizontal rod holders oh, for just yeah. practice. Uh, That's a lot of spinning rods. I think three were spinning rods. Whoa! Um, I mean, being a being an upstate New York guy, that's uh, really limiting your repertoire, there, isn't it? It it, it is. <laughs> uh, I do have more spinning rods, but like for me, when I'm going out in the water, like it, it really just depends on the day. Uh, I am a smallmouth fanatic at heart, uh, but really, just you know, getting back to the whole Hobie deal, it's just it allows me to organize how I want to, and but also at the same point in time, like it forces me to be able to kind of focus on what the task is at hand mm-hmm. where it allows me to bring a lot of stuff, but so I can be prepared But at the same point in time, like I'm not like overdoing it. If that makes any sense at all. No, no. I mean, it, it seems like you're, you're ready for like, like you have your main, your main things locked and loaded, right? You're, you're ready to go. But if, if everything goes to shit, you can shift plans really quickly. And I do give the Hobie, credit for that because their storage is top notch like i like i mean i love old town but uh i I, like i can't yeah we can't top that like the storage on the hobie but that's also why the hobie is like 40 pounds heavier unloaded than the old town so well wheels are four you're good well see i car top i don't have a trailer i I, I run a nissan ultima yeah but you've got a holy shit hold on (laughs) hold on Look, hey, so, look, so, so you put look, that PA twelve up ain't on a win this battle now. You got somebody that's that's car topping the a PA. So yeah. Look, do yeah. do you leave all your shit in the Hobie in the kayak when you load it on top, or are you put it in your car and then loading it back in? All right, let me let me tell you. I put twenty one rods in my horizontal rod storage, <laughs> and I drove from New York to Texas and didn't lose a single rod. Holy cow! It's That's yeah, it would be impossible to lose those. Ro- that rod storage is, 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 is huge. I yeah, mean, I mean, I, I have to be honest. I did bunch them in just for additional, like, of, like, hey, those are my babies oh, and I need them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You lose those. I mean, it's tough to fish without them. Yeah, you kind of need a rod to catch a fish. That's <laughs> You know what? Honestly, I've never heard anybody say that they keep all the shit in and put it on an Ultima at the same time. Like, that's uh, – like that was always my go-to. Like old town's better because I have to break everything down. But now you just blew it all up. But, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, if if Nissan's listening, I even got rear-ended and was able to drive from Missouri <laughs> to Texas and back to New York, and we're good. Listen, Nissan, get this man a truck. Let's uh, <laughs> yeah. let's upgrade him. Let's get this man a truck. <laughs> yeah, if y'all haven't if y'all haven't kind of listened to the the post bass uh, kayak championship series. Uh, Bailey's recap of all that and kind of followed <laughs> him. Go, you should you should definitely go back to that. I don't, what I don't remember what the hell the dates were, but kind of go back and listen to the podcast and look at his post because it was a wild ass trip <laughs> for him from, I mean, across the country down there and, and getting rear ended and going fishing. It was just a it was you'd have you'd have to go look at it, but go check that out for sure if you have it. I was just a poor boy trying to get off and you know. In Missouri, trying to see Bass Pro Shops, and some lady rear-ends me. But thankfully, my Nissan Altima was a damn tank. And it looked like crap, but she ran just fine. Listen, I think we came up with another equation. I think we came up with another equation. If you have a Hobie, somebody's going to rear-end you because you're a douche. (laughs) Look, 
thank God it was car Fair top enough. because it would have been sticking out the back of your truck or on a trailer. That's a good point. You wouldn't have been fishing. That's a good point. See, what I was told is because the Hobie's so mesmerizing, she wasn't paying any attention. <laughs> he was drawn to it, and that's why she hit me. She was looking for the instant reverse but couldn't find it. <laughs> I just got that. That was good. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. man. So, uh, so I mean, this is going to be a dumb question, I feel like, but uh, because you said you're a smallmouth guy, but uh, but do you do you primarily fish structure or do you fight primarily fish cover? I am such a target fisherman. It is. Uh, it burns. It actually burns me more than you think. Okay. Um, like I'm a guy where, you know, ice out here in New York. I am on the kayak for a few days, if not a full week, if I have the time to do it. Um, COVID was nice in the fact that I got laid off. So I literally just able to fish and worry about the brand. But I literally spent a full week weather dependent and I was on the water for eight to 10 hours and I had no rods with me, simply just graphing to find cover to then. Therefore, once the temperatures became more of, I mean, you could catch fish, you know, in 36, 37 degree temps, but like once it's at 38 to 40 is when you can really start laying the lumber. Right. And uh, basically what I, I'd spent so much time focusing on just graphing, finding stuff, and then I could go back through and then therefore reap the rewards of. Um, and I still am like, even through the, the summer season, I'm the same way. Like this tournament this past weekend um, I only had two uh, days to practice for is our our local trail at the state championship two day event and um, basically spent the first day and a half trying to find smallmouth. I'm, I'm always trying to find smallmouth. If there's smallmouth there, I'm probably going to gravitate towards the brownfish. I don't know why. I just have this specific love for brownfish over green. Well, uh, if, you, if you see the fish that you're catching which I do from your social media stuff, I, I see why you do because you catch big ass, big ass smallmouth. Well, and, and really here's the thing. It's because, and I, I, I might associate the whole smallmouth love to the fact that one, they're kind of like me. And once you find them, they're really dumb, but like, <laughs> but also, but, but talking from a fishing standpoint, they move so much more than a large mouth, large mouth. are like, they can be tough to catch big ones, but in, in most cases, largemouth are very simple and to the point where they're not going to move a lot. They're very straightforward and a lot easier to predict where smallmouth are very finicky in the point where they're going to move and they're going to be gone and it could be two miles, three miles the other direction the next day. And that, it's more of a challenge. Uh, and that's the, I think that's where a lot of my passion comes from is finding them and being able to get on top of them day after day after day and know what they're going to do. Um, so that's why I kind of just gravitate towards smallmouth. Uh, but it's uh, it's just more kind of, I guess, an electronic standpoint of I like to fish very specific spots. Like I like to find uh, rock piles, shoals, shell bars, maybe even just small humps that aren't on, you know, your mapping chips, which your Lake Master Navionics that might hold smallmouth. And that that's like, you know, talking two tournaments ago, I got second place in our local trail. I found a little hump in the middle of the lake that wasn't even on mapping and it was loaded with smallmouth. And it's it's just some it's one of those things when that happens it just makes my brain go haywire and it's just a satisfying <laughs> moment when you're like yeah we're about to smash them boys and it, I don't know it's something about smallmouth that just kind of drives me bonkers both positively and negatively where sometimes I want to quit fishing and sometimes I'm like why the hell would I go for largemouth with these things so it, I don't know 
it's it's a very interesting relationship, but you ask a lot of Northerners, and I'm sure they could probably say the same thing. Oh, yeah. I was ready to sell my damn kayak. Matter of fact, I didn't even want to sell it. I wanted to put a hole in it and sink it on the lake last night. <laughs> Give so, it that Viking uh, burial. That. I mean, they were busting shad, and I was in the middle of them and couldn't get them to bite a damn thing. It's frustrating as hell. My I had my son in the back with me. He was talking shit, and like I was just. Daddy, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think the bass are ready. They're not hungry today. I'm like, boy, you don't see those 200 bass chasing all these minnows over here. They hungry. He said, well, why aren't they biting? I don't know. Oh, we're clipping that one right there. So you're saying that even the boy knows that bussing shad ain't always a solution, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that so you know Bailey was talking about kind of chasing the the, the smallies mm-hmm. and stuff and how that gets him in trouble. Let me let me find those those schools of bass that are up high, and I know that they're going to start busting some bait fish. I I'll sit there and usually it's middle of the day. I mean around here and it's middle of the day and it could last an hour. It could go two or three hours, but I'm a fish that shit. I All mean, right, I that's. The, the fish shad. There. But what's frustrating is, is you can't like, you can't cast out to a point and catch them. They're roaming. And it's, it's frustrating, but it's exciting as hell, man. When you get a school and they just, it looks like a, a pot of boiling water from them busting <laughs> and you go over there and you don't know. I mean, you know, those schools are typically two to four pound fish. I mean, you catch five of those in a tournament and you sit pretty good for a summer tournament down right. here. And I it I like it, you know. I just it's there's a thrill to it for me. But it also like Saturday. I mean, if I would have been fishing a tournament, I I caught one little rinky dink fish. Ouch! But it was um. I mean, but that's just that's not how it is all the time. But um, you know, shit, it's exciting. I mean, ain't nothing like pedaling around in the kayak chasing schools of fish. I mean, <laughs> these folks can't do that in a bass boat. You know, it's just it's true. You spook them off. Yeah, it's just not as good. But anyway, I feel you on getting on getting on certain little aspects of fishing and getting really hung up on it, and oh, yeah. and being able to because like I I like the competition fish, and every day when I go out, if I'm not even a competition, like my mindset is, if this was a competition, that's how I want to fish in it, and you know. <laughs> You go out and don't catch shit two or three days. You're like, man, do I do I even want to fish in this tournament next week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's such an interesting deal. I mean, one of those is actually kind of so Monday, uh, actually literally yesterday, uh, we had Andrew Upshaw on, and basically what we were talking about, we had touched upon it briefly, but something like that of knowing when there's too much bait there, right? You know, there's fish there. But almost when there's too much bait that no matter what you're going to throw, you might only catch one or two fish. Yep, and yep. that is really when it comes to terms of electronics these days. If you have a forward-facing sonar, mm-hmm. you it's – so a lot of people – and this is – I'm going to keep this brief because this is a whole rabbit hole that will go for days. Um, but a lot of people attribute forward-facing sonar to – finding just finding fish and catching fish when the guys who are really good with it are guys that are guys that are not going to use it as a tool to waste less time. Mm-hmm. So like you see that, right, Paul, you, you see your guys are the, the fish are busting on shad 
and you know that they're bass. You can use that forward-facing sonar, make a couple of casts, see how they're just completely ignoring your bait. Mm-hmm. Busting on the shad, you can look around the school to see if there's any outliers, see how they'll react to your bait. If they're not, boom, you're gone. Yeah, You're not going to waste your time because you know you're not going to get bit because they're just focusing on that specific bait. Whereas, like, if you don't have it, you might not even know if there's outliers or not. You might be, you might waste 30 minutes, hour and a half, even more. It, it's a whole interesting kind of... I feel like that's a, uh, <clears throat> that's been a soft, uh, or I don't know. That's been a, a discussion we've kind of had uh, a little bit on here and a little bit in the uh, the hookset chat, right? Dealing with electronics, kind of chatting about it. Because you do have guys like Jeffrey Wheeler who uh, is just killing with it, right? And uh, he's done a, a pretty good job. But you got a guy like, I'm sorry. I had to stop. I got to ask, who's, <laughs> what is the whole deal without behind Jeffrey? What do you mean, Jeffrey Wheeler? He won. He just won Angler of the Year in the uh, the the MILF tournament, right? Uh, I'm on par now. We're good. Yep. Uh, he's, he's, so he's not a, he's he's not a fan of Mr. Wheeler or I. So he likes to drop these little these little listen. Things I never said that. Makes him feel good about himself. Just but you got a guy who like John Cox who doesn't use all of that. And look how well he did in a real format, the the biggest five format, right? He killed. And he didn't need all those electronics because he didn't run forward-facing. He didn't run like Jeffrey did where he had 19 companies. The whole front looked like the Battlestar Galactica. Well, well, even better than that is 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 you know, Bailey, y'all's, y'all, you know, y'all's guy, Seth Biden. You know what I mean? Right. Look what he did, and he... So that's the man. Uh, I think it was. It, I think it was on. Might have been y'all's podcast where he talked about he was just going to fish how he wanted to fish this year. Yep, and yeah. he did. That's a. I mean, it's it's a, it's a whole can of worms to open there, and it's you know people say negative and positive things about. Uh, we'll we'll go with Alex's term here, Jeffrey Wheeler. Uh, I, am I saying it wrong? I don't know why people are laughing. It's yeah, I, think, Wheeler, I think that's right? on his uh, his birth certificate. I think it's yeah. Jeff. It's not Jacob, it's Jeff. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I'll touch on a couple points here. Wheeler, uh, people hate him, people love him. The dude straight wins. Whether he's doing right or wrong, he's still winning. Uh, and good for freaking him because he's making a shit ton of money. Fishing. Absolutely. The props to him. Yep. Uh, and then touching about John Cox, there's times when John Cox has gotten smoked by other there's guys t- who are electronics guys who are fishing shallow. No, no, there, there's definitely times that John Cox has gotten smoked, but at one point in time, John Cox is about ready to compete in all the fucking tournaments, and he was going to probably place well in all of them. If you listen to, uh, I'm sure you, you probably listen to Back Talk or uh, Bass Talk Live, they were trying to figure out how to helicopter his ass from one tournament to another to be able to compete in all of them. I think that guy complete does more with less electronics yeah. than anybody else out there right now and he's relatively young he's just basically like a real man compared to jeffrey look <laughs> look we we're talking we're talking about that too and you got to throw drew gregory in there because okay. he fishes he fishes his his main kayak is the is one of the crescents it weighs like 45 pounds right and he takes three or four rods with him a satchel and a pattern. <laughs> hey, I'm going to put this out there right now. Drew Gregory now has live scope. Oh yeah, he talks about it all the time. 
He's like, got Drew, a 20-pound kayak with live scope. Drew talk all the time. No, Drew does not talk. He's he's not a talker at all. No, not at, not, not at all. I, I hope he hears this, too, because I'm going to hear your full. Unfortunately, he probably won't because this is Bass and Brews. <laughs> I will share this with Drew, and I'll give him broken at 39 minutes. You will send this to him. But Bailey, what's funny is 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 uh, at at the Hobie event this past weekend. Oh yeah. They called, they, did you hear them? Did you hear what? Drew they called said? me right up and said, "Did you listen to the awards?" Because <laughs> <laughs> he was on with Armando at the uh, today, and I listened to that yeah. podcast this morning, and he played it on Armando's podcast. Um, uh, bass kayak and beers, and, and he was like, you know, thanks to Drew for not coming so I could win. And AJ was like, this is going to be the shortest award you know, <laughs> yeah. this year because Drew's not here. And uh, then here we are talking about Drew talking. He's getting razzed. I'm I'm a talker too, Alex. Alex has to rein me in uh, quite quite often, so I understand. But talk going back to our original thing, talking about the. This is what this is what makes to me Drew out of all all the professional anglers and everything. This is what makes him so interesting is he knows how to catch the fish he wants to catch. Mm-hmm. Right. And this year he's probably I think he's probably been the most consistent, if not the the number two most consistent person on the kayak angling trails uh, where he's finished. I mean he's fifth and I think first in KBF and and hobie and he's done it fishing the backwaters dragging his kayak you know in skinny water i mean and he's done it in the middle of the summer in in shallow water i mean you know he's kind of defied this this new age of technology fishing offshore in the summer and like he's defied that and he's gone off and he knows where his fish are gonna be and he just he just has to find them and catch them yeah i mean that yeah, no, you you're spot on, um, and I'll probably have to make fun of him a little bit just to bring his ego down here after I say this. <laughs> but but uh, the dude is the biggest pioneer. I mean, I'm going to put it right out there. I mean, Christine does an amazing job. There's there's a handful of people, you know, Russ Snyder's, Ryan Lambert. There's a lot of guys anglers that do an amazing job at growing the sport of kayak fishing. But straight up, when you talk about a guy that literally goes out of his way every single day to try to grow the sport. Drew is the biggest pioneer when it mm-hmm. comes to kayak fishing and truly doing it in a fashion of a way where kayak and boats can kind of can, can fish the same water, but not get in each other's way. Uh, and this is a, something that Drew and I talk about all the time. I mean, Drew and I are going to be, you know, I, I intend, at least I intend on fishing a bunch of the Hobies and the Bass Nations next year. And Drew and I are planning on traveling together and this is something that we thought would work really well because Drew and I have completely opposite, polar opposite styles of fishing where I don't want to see a bank and Drew is literally on the bank. Yes. <laughs> so it's cool to see kind of how he is able to find that style of being in inches of water and be able to manage fish over multi-day tournaments. Whereas some guys like myself can't even do it for a day when they don't even see the bank, but that's a whole different conversation for another day. But yeah. Basically, there is there is a place, and I feel like we've gone down a crazy tangent right now. Uh, but there is a a place for fishing in skinny water, and there's also a place where electronics will reign king. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, I mean, going back to the point, you know, we talked about Seth Fighter. 
one of the really cool parts about my current job is I get to work with these guys on a daily basis. One of my clients, I mean, or two of my clients, is one of them is pier fishing, and the other one's Johnson Outdoors. For those who don't know, pier fishing covers Abu, Berkeley, Plano, Frable, goes down like 20 different brands. Johnson Outdoors is Hummingbird, Minn Kota, Cannon. We do a little bit with Old Town, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> I'm just messing. Um, so I got to the opportunity to speak with Seth Fighter a little bit this year because a lot of the releases that were written uh, about his AOI were me. Uh, so I got the opportunity to wow. call him and speak with him and literally just add like a personal note to what the heck he was doing with electronics and see how his year was. And Paul, you hit it on the head of the dude fished literally how he wanted to. That's literally verbatim what he said, what came out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. And what was cool, though, you know, attributing to electronics was Seth goes, and this is where my point comes from guys using four-facing sonar as an efficiency tool versus a fish-finding tool, was you look at his his deal on Champlain. If you watch a certain snip of the day when he was looking for smallmouth, he was throwing a hair jig in 20 foot of water. A lot of people associate throwing hair for smallmouth in literally like five feet or less. Hmm. He did it because he used forward-facing sonar to realize smallmouth were under 20 foot of water under sailboats, and he there used therefore used it to pinpoint these smallmouth under sailboats and catch them with a hair jig. It, it was really, it was That's really, really awesome. Cool. That's yeah. really awesome. So it's cool now, you know, bringing this back full circle here because we've gone like 500 different directions. <laughs> bringing it full circle is like there are so many different places for tournament anglers now. Like, there's guys yep. who are going to be on the bank, there's guys who are going to be offshore staring at a graph all day. And there's guys that can co-mingle both of them and all of them can make careers out of it. And I think that's what's wicked cool about this sport. You know, super healthy, super healthy for the sport too. Yeah. I mean, you're seeing a shift. I mean, John Cox talked about it a while ago when he want, when he, uh, I think it was two, two years ago, three years ago when FLW was an MLF and he won on Chickamauga, mm-hmm. he won it shallow when everyone else was out fishing yep. wedges. And it shows this shift where, electronics came guys were starting to win offshore and then as per, as electronics became more and more and more productive more effective more efficient more guys got smart used it more fish started getting pressured offshore as more guys went offshore left less guys and less anglers on the bank and more tournaments started becoming to win on the bank which is what you're seeing right now which is really cool to see which, which is nice in the north because it seems like guys just don't consume fishing content and offshore is just fine. So it's nice for me because that's how I work. Uh, but other than that, like you, you see these different shifts where it's going to be some guys you'll probably see in the next five years, guys will shift back shallow. Mm-hmm. And then those offshore fish are going to be more predominant again. You might even find where it just becomes a consistent deal where it might even just be harder than it is this past year uh, with the whole COVID year where both are going to be tough because there's, you know, Chickamauga had a, a weekend one time where there's two tournaments going on and it was 1,400 boats on Chickamauga. Yeah, absolutely insane. So, yeah, I mean, who knows? I think, I mean, it's a total random point, but, like, electronics are good for the game. I really think electronics are good for the game, both shallow and deep. Uh, ultimately, you still have to catch the fish. And, and electronics, at this point in time in fishing, electronics is the – um, it, it's the it's the biggest arena left for innovation. Like 
there's there's not a lot of innovation left on boats. There's not any, there's not a lot of innovation on rods and reels. There's no innovation on lures anymore. I mean, you know, you hear people talk about these new lures that come out. I can't remember the guy's name, but there's the couple lure experts that talk about um, you know, you go back and look in the 20s and 30s like there's there's a version so the the places where we can where the innovations comes into where folks uh, can get that edge is going to be electronics. You're not going to get it in a, in many other ways. I mean, um, you see more more anglers now. Ain't your good old boys chewing tobacco with a beer belly? You know, anglers now are working out, and I'm not talking about just the kayakers, right? They're taking better care of themselves because they understand that plays a big part of their mindset. So you have a lot more aspect of the game. Um, but from a tool standpoint, the really the only innovation area left is in the electronics field. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, it's, that's, that's where, that's where folks can gain that edge. Um, and, and maybe that edge is pulling people offshore. And so these, the shallow guys can literally go cover twice as much shoreline now that potentially hadn't been touched. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it increased like they can put the damn trolling motor on high now and not have to worry about skipping or moving a spot because where there might've been three other people now they're out offshore, you know, so it opens up some water. Yeah. It's, it's a super cool deal to like, when you look back, especially on history and like kind of see the shift of mm. where fishing's come and gone. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I'm not any person to say that there's not some crazy innovation that's going to come out in the next year, two or five, 10, whatever. Uh, you know, when I look at it now, it's like, it's just more guys using this technology and baits to be more efficient with their time, because we all know, mm-hmm. as ter- especially tournament anglers, time is everything, especially how you manage that time, how you schedule your time. It's it's an efficiency thing, but like, dude, I've heard rumors through the industry and some things that guys are thinking about making for fishing is like it'll blow your mind. Like they're recruiting like aeronautical engineers for this crap, yeah. and it's just like they start talking about this conversation, and I have to leave because I just feel too stupid to be even in the conversation. <laughs> so it's 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 crazy to see what these guys will implement in this in this industry. Yeah. I mean, I thought that, you know, boat, boat hulls, you know, talking about the bottom of, of bass boats or even just like center consoles was like a very simple deal. Well, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but like there's like a technology now where like your center console boat, like especially for saltwater, it's predominant here. There's a technology you can put into boats into the hull of the boat. I don't know if it's a motor deal or what, but like literally when your boat's rocking through the waves, there's a technology now where even like five footers, your boat just stays completely still. Yeah, they're uh, they're uh, they're sensor operated uh, stabilizing fins. So as they move up, they'll shift. So I mean, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm in the U.S. Coast Guard and I've done big ships the bulk of my career. And we Can have you know those too. Yeah, yeah. So this is something that the Navy, the U.S. Navy, and the Coast Guard has used on their ships for years to help stabilize us in like. Oh well, I'm just dumb and late to the game. Okay. No, 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 no. You're not dumb and late to the game. It, it, it's it's that they're transitioning that from big boat to small boat, oh. and utilizing it. So why you can like so so we use it like when I used to do patrols in Alaska. So we're doing like 25 
to 30 foot seas. You needed these things so you didn't fucking capsize and die. But now they're making it, which is great on the Great Lakes. So you guys can go out and use spinning rods and Ned rigs to catch uh, smallmouth without getting seasick. It's amazing. It's, it's, I love that the technology went full circle. I think it's awesome. So when will this appear in kayaks is my question. <laughs> At one point, right? All right. So as It'll we start winding through. implements that kind of innovation first. Everybody else is chasing Hobie. That'll um, be your first $10,000 kayak is the kayak that has that tech. It, wait, wait, hold on. It, isn't that that Jackson carbon yeah, no, fiber it's the kayak? Apex. It's the, the Apex. It's, yeah. It's already- Jackson? Who's Jackson? Exactly. <laughs> All right, boys. We're hitting to my <laughs> Bo, time limit. Bo Jack. Uh, <laughs> so, Bailey, I don't know. Uh, I mean, you're a big deal, so you probably haven't listened to our podcast, but uh, there's two things we're known for. One, uh, it's, again, for being your distraction from quality podcasts, but also, number two, it's our rapid-fire section. Um, yeah. And I, I just want to make sure you're fully clear. Um, you saying, okay, is uh, like you just said, is a clear uh, verbal contract uh, that you're going to answer these questions. Uh, without knowing that we've had heavy hitters fall to this, um, including the Dark Waters podcast, who is on a hiatus oh, due to bomb. this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, also, I mean, th- th- there's been many people uh, through our illustrious uh, episodes, all 21 of them. This is number 22. Uh, but I think we've got two divorces and one uh, conviction on treason uh, when it comes to these answers. So I want to make sure... You're ready for these. I think somebody's knocking the door. I think I got to go. <laughs> All <laughs> right, man. Really fast. What's that? I said, is, was that your fried largemouth bass to go plate? Yeah, 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 yeah. DoorDash. Uh, DoorDash. No. <laughs> uh, so really fast, really quick. I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. We need to somehow get a coalition together to bring Josh back from Dark Waters. He's taking yes. a hiatus of it seems he's making another podcast called the dark waters yeah uh we need to bring josh back josh is i don't in a, i don't think it's gonna happen world. no man i don't think it's gonna happen so bailey if you listen to bass and brews with the dark waters josh talked about how he likes doing this but he felt a little burned out and he wanted to go on to like non-fishing topics like mm-hmm. i think it's good for josh i think that'll bring him back in um but he, eventually yeah, but 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 i think it's good for him to spin any off. podcasting what's when, that when he said that when he said that not on our show but when he you know talked about doing it yeah. a couple of weeks ago he said he wasn't gonna do any podcasting but he talked about being burnt out and the dude was yeah. putting out two and three shows a week by himself right so yeah. i mean he he did look he was like the first pot fishing podcast when when i got into the kayak fishing stuff which was only november december last year it was like the first podcast that i found and you know it's still up to this point is is the is the one that i enjoy i love to listen to so well, yeah it was really? great but hey look the man <laughs> needs a damn break give him a break he pumped him a out break. Like 196,000 episodes in two years i so heard that it was four. burnout or rapid fire that got him but i also heard that he's gonna be starting a podcast and this yeah. is uh hold on let me i just texted him he can confirm it he just okayed me to let everybody know the dark waters podcast will be about furries and fishing so It'll be about furries? people, furries. Yeah, people dressed oh, in uh, animal fur suits fishing. So I knew he had some weird deal. He did, but yes, you're fishing. right. We we do we we need to 
we need to let him have some time, but then we need to get him back. <laughs> Rope on. him back in. I'm just going right. to call Josh. Josh is a friend of mine, so I'm just going to call him soft and then just pressure him <laughs> to come back. <laughs> That'll get him. That'll get him every time. Yeah. <laughs> He'll come back. Yeah, he will sign up for any tournament that somebody pressures him into signing up for. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Yeah. Rapid fire. We want to know. I want you to take no time right off the dome. I'm just saying, okay. Question. Like I'm saying yes or no, or like is it uh, no, no. We're gonna give you one option or another option, and you got to pick one or the other. Okay. Do I have a time limit? Uh, like two it? seconds. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Like rapid fire. Okay. Damn, Alex, you you made this shit way too damn confusing. Going everybody gets really time. yeah. No, see, right? this goes back to my OCD brain. I yeah. have to be too prepared <laughs> for shit. Like. <laughs> No, All right, you I can promise you this: none of the questions we ask are going to be detrimental to your career as a oh, client. That's not fun. No, that's not true. The last one, <laughs> the last one will be. All right, I man. Was and bruise. We're supposed to be doing stupid stuff. We are doing that. All right. All right. Uh, Crocs or flip flops? Flip flops. Pizza huh. on pizza. Yes or no? Or pizza what? on pizza? Jesus. Too wait, many wait. brews on this bass. <laughs> Pineapple on pizza. Yes or no? Hell no. Ah. Well, that was a good interview. Uh, we'll see you later. We'll just shut it off. <laughs> wait, see uh, <laughs> no, uh, do you spend more on a rod or do you spend more on a reel? Reel. In a three-hour session, would you rather catch five two-pounders or one seven-pounder? Seven-pounder. Nice. Wacky yeah, or Texas? The two pounders. What? We've had one person uh, say two pounders. That was last episode, correct? Was it, Coach it Josh? No, no, <laughs> no. Josh said a seven. I can't, uh, I can't remember if it was country or not. All right, wacky or Texas? Wacky. That's my man. Slow jams or hype music? Hype. <laughs> uh, we already know the answer. Are you eating largemouth? Yes or no? God no. <laughs> and then. If that wasn't enough of what could be potentially career-ending, this is it. Okay. And we've done videos. Uh, last week, we had Country Boy Fishing, who literally I had to look up one of his answers, and I almost vomited on air. Uh, but I need to know, what are your top three sandwich proteins? Because every fisherman oh. loves a good sandwich. So what are your top three sandwich proteins? Like... Top three lunch meats or just like protein in general? No, no, Anything sandwich. You Whatever you can cram between you. two pieces of bread. Oh, uh, first things first, deli meat, chicken. Chicken. I'm not, I'm not like a turkey roast beef guy. I'm just straight deli chicken. meat, chicken. Uh, spinach, a big spinach guy. That's not a protein. That's not a protein, brother. Spinach is protein? Come on. No, now. it's not. You That's sound not like my Hold on. What? Are, like wait, wait, wait. Are you moving fun. to California or am I? Like, who says spinach is a protein? <laughs> you sound like my son. My son right. goes, Daddy, can I have this granola no. bar? I'm like, boy, no. I said protein. He goes, Listen. it's got protein in it. Listen, so I had a guest who said liverwurst, and I made a whole video, and I, I put it out there. Is. Liverwurst is fucking disgusting, but now <laughs> Bailey, I'm gonna put a whole video out where I make a fucking spinning sandwich, <laughs> and the whole of YouTube, Instagram, everything's gonna see me make the serious angler special, which will be a spinach California themed fucking sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he's locked in. He's locked in at chicken and spinach. Let's hear next one. <laughs> you better think hard because you're really fucking it up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's like my favorite answer so far. Uh, I have to go bacon. Bacon, bacon solid. He took a safe route. Listen, boys, uh, look for it bacon. soon on the internet. I'm making a spinach <laughs> and bacon sandwich with oh, avocado man. toast. That's Alex, the Bailey special. We have talked about this, though. Me, we've talked about Ooh. this, and this is a good time to do it. We, we've got to start. We've got to do these sandwiches and yeah. record them together because you have got to try sauce meat. I'm what not fucking no, no Bailey. Yes, don't no, even get into we it. No, nope. got to do it. We're gonna nope. do. If we're gonna ask a question, we have to eat the sandwich. I got the ingredients. You want me to go make a sandwich? No, 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 no. He's <laughs> talking about last week. Country boy Creek fishing on Instagram said souse meat, which is basically head cheese, which is basically pig and other animal parts jellified into a loaf that they fucking oh, eat cool. down in the south. It's disgusting. You southerners. Oh, yeah, exactly. Have no, it is deli- Oh my god, it's so good. And liver pudding? No, stop. I'm down with Bailey's California's fucking spinach protein <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> All right, Bailey, thank you so much for coming on. Um, before you go, I, I also want to tell everybody thank you guys. Uh, this is episode 22, I believe. Yeah, episode 22. Episode 22. And this is going to be my first break from it. Like we talked about before, I want to thank each and every one of you guys who have come out and listened to uh, myself at first, but now Paul uh, fucking ramble on and have all these awesome people on why we are super unprofessional. And I want to do want to take this time to gush a little bit, Paul. I want to thank you so much, man, uh, for taking my baby. That is the Bass and Brews podcast and uh, kind of taking the reins while I'm gone. I couldn't trust a better man uh, to take care of this, and I really appreciate it, brother. Let's see what you have to say after this about this time next week when I do my first episode. Well, listen, at this With point, Wild I've already Bill. said all the nice things. Um, I'm Wild so – oh, you got Wild Bill? Ooh, that guy's going to love a uh, spinach sandwich. So, <laughs> Hey, Bailey, is there anybody you want to thank, you know, that, that stuff at the end, or anybody you want to shout out? Uh, I guess really the, the biggest thing for me is, uh, well, thank you guys first and foremost for, for getting me on here. Thank you. Uh, I don't get a lot of, I do a lot of podcasts, but they're all my own. So I don't get right. the opportunity all the time to go on somebody else's. So it was nice to get on here and uh, drink a few brews with you guys and shoot shit. It was a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully we can get the pleasure to do it again. And uh, I will say we are we are bringing back a segment on Serious Angler called the Not So Serious uh, basically where we literally just go and bullshit and drink some brews and you guys will be the first invites. Oh, buddy, thank, thanks for biting our style, Bailey. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I will say it was out a year ago. We did our first one. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, I do enjoy what you guys are doing. I will catch up on the episodes. Uh, it's actually a pretty cool deal you guys got going on right now. It's very laid back. It's, it's something that's very enjoyable. Uh, and I've had a blast being on here with you guys. Uh, I think just the biggest thank you I got is uh, to my boys over at uh, Morgan Marine for everything they do for me. I couldn't fish without them. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Big shout-out to my boys, uh, Andrew and and Adam, who helped me run Serious Angler. Couldn't do that without them. And uh, we're excited to uh, bring that brand up and 
blow it up and hopefully uh, have you guys do the same here at Bass and Bruce. And, I love and it, guys, man. Hey, it, real quick, guys, y'all, uh, Bailey, tell them, tell them where because not only do y'all do podcasts, but your Instagram, your YouTube, it, y'all put out really great content. So just, just tell the folks where they can find you on those platforms. Yeah, yeah. So for for the podcast, you can guys can find us on Serious Angler on YouTube, uh, or if you if you want to watch, uh, give a visual to the podcast, you guys can find us there. Uh, but then basically any of your MP3 formats, Apple, Spotify, Google, all that jazz, basically your favorite podcast platform, you can find the Serious Angler podcast on. Um, and then beyond that, we are on Instagram, Facebook. I guess uh, Andrew talked me to TikTok a while ago. TikTok. Nothing cr- Nothing crazy. It's literally just fish release videos of music, and somehow they get views. Uh, you guys can find Welcome us. Welcome to TikTok. <laughs> Basically, a serious angler on all that stuff. You guys Mark. can find us. And then, uh, you know, we have our personal social medias if you guys feel like following us. And that's pretty much pretty much what, what cuts it. All right, Bailey. Thanks a lot for coming on, man. Also, everybody, he forgot to mention they are uh, the Serious Angler podcast, fully sponsored by California Spinach. Everybody have a good night. <laughs> Dry spinach, not canned spinach.